Giuliani told Nike that he would spill the beans unless Nike agreed to retain Avenatti for between 15 and 25 million dollars. It's like showing up to your job interview and saying, um, what's my greatest weakness? Well, I guess I care too much about these photos I have of you and your mistress. Hey, <laughs> 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 ah, you're going to jail. Michael Avenatti. Wow. Man, what an interesting little blip in U.S. history he was. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? We need to find somebody's probably doing it. Somebody with a bigger staff and budget than us. Stormy Can- Daniels lawyer. Right. Can we come up with a montage of clips in which he is touted as a presidential candidate? Hmm. A possible presidential candidate. Sean, see if you can find that. I'll bet somebody's already done it. You got uh, GOP congressman quoting Hitler's Mein Kampf to slam Trump's adversaries. Uh, that's, that's just never going to work, dude. Mo Brooks of Alabama took to the House floor on Monday to portray President Trump's detractors as Nazis. Hey, uh, Mo Brooks, less Hitler would be my... <laughs> I'm not a fan of Hitler. <laughs> Hilarious! But then, of course, the Washington Post mentions that actually the quote he used had to do with Jews and how to even use the quote means you like Hitler! Okay. All right, which is why you don't play the Hitler card. He was talking about the idea of the big lie, a lie so huge and audacious that it perversely it defies disbelief. Because you think somebody making a claim that bold, there's got to be something to it, which is actually a really interesting yeah, but it still doesn't principle make any difference. of propaganda. It doesn't make any difference. If, Too if, much Mein, baggage. if mein Kampf has the best advice on how to handle a, the common cold, right. don't <laughs> quote from it. Now that's good advice right there. Deborah J. Saunders joins us. Deborah is the White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal. And when we last met yesterday, we were discussing the state of the American media, among other things. Hello, Deborah. Thanks for sparing us a, a few more minutes of your time. My pleasure. I'm standing outside in the White House uh, North Lawn right now. Oh, really? What's what's mm-hmm. the ge- what's the general vibe around there today? I mean, is there a big giant exhale or not? <laughs> there are ticks here. I mean, there's still ticks. So Kellyanne just came out, and there, what happens is everybody waits for her and throws out questions for her, and she was saying, "Oh." And there were a number of questions on health care, and she was like, oh, so now you guys want to talk about health care. <laughs> Where were you before? And she right. really was just whacking. A lot of people were asking her, of course, about uh, the, some of the things that had been said by the administration. And uh, she was she, – she's ticked. So she, is she, they're, not, they're, not, they're not relieved. They're mad. Is hmm. she functioning as the de facto press secretary at this point? Well, uh, no, but she is a good – she is a surrogate. I mean, it's, I this okay. is an interesting thing for us to have seen because, um, you know, you, Trump has not been really active on Twitter on this. And instead, he's let people like Kellyanne Conway and Sarah Sanders yesterday um, and a lot of other people come out and talk for him instead. I think I think we're seeing a, a change in the president. Interesting. They're know- not relieved. They're mad. That's an interesting headline out of this whole thing. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I, I'm sure they're relieved that the fact that there, that there was no finding of collusion as well. But their feeling here is that they never should have had to spend the last uh, t- 20 months, uh, tw- 
24, whatever. Anyway, they shouldn't have had to spend two years dealing with this and that they feel, uh, Kellyanne was talking about how people were saying that this was an illegitimate president uh, and she was talking about the beginning of feeling that people had when that dossier first came out and all of the breathless stories that we saw on cable news about how this was really going to amount to something and they're furious that their reputations got dragged through the mud. Mm. I think the question most of our listeners have as Deborah Saunders stands on the North Lawn of the White House is, how does the North Lawn compare to the South Lawn? I'm assuming the South Lawn is greener because <laughs> it gets more sunshine. No? Uh, the South Lawn, uh, it, I think also, I'm looking at where I think that the uh, security dogs pee. <laughs> so, <laughs> now that's a scoop, it's, it's, so to speak. It's not, yeah, so it's not nearly as... Uh, is well-groomed. But, of course, they, the, the South Lawn has to deal with Marine One landings. Ah, okay. So every, every, every corner has its challenges here, guys. So on to the hot kind of tangential topic of the whole thing, which is the state of American journalism. And, and Matt Taibbi in particular and Glenn Greenwald are just howling mad about the idea of if it fits your narrative or your biases, you will just gobble up whole whatever in particular the FBI and intelligence services tell you, and they think that is a shocking like abandonment of, of journalistic, journalistic principles, especially because, you know, intelligence services and the FBI sometimes, and this may shock you, spread misinformation. Well, and as you know, I mean, Glenn Greenwald is somebody who's highly uh, skeptical of federal investigators and, and officials, and he's watching... The, the press goes so back and forth with this, where they can be really skeptical of the CIA when it came to WMD, or at least eventually, right? And then decide that anything that the CIA tells uh, Donald Trump, he has to listen to. And there's this real back and forth that we've seen on so many other issues as well. But the media, the fact that there were people who were shocked that this was going to be the outcome uh, <clears throat> over the weekend just amazes me because the signs were so clear that there was nothing to add. For instance? Well, again, um, the way that we knew what was going on in the investigation is uh, Robert Mueller would indict people or he would get guilty pleas and they would lay out a case of what these people had done wrong. There were tax cheats. There were bank cheats. There were people who lied to investigators. But there was nothing in all of this that tied uh, the campaign to uh, the, the Trump campaign to the Russians. Nothing. Including when he unleashed that. the indictments of all those Russian guys. The Rush, that's right. They, 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 and, and in the letter, the bar letter, um, I think that's where it was, there was, there was no witting cooperate. There was no witting talking. And right. nobody got used. So now we do know, I mean, one of the things that looked bad for the president during all this is we found out that there was a meeting between Donald uh, Trump Jr. And, and, and Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort with a Russian attorney, Natalia Vetselnitskaya. And that was something where apparently they were hoping they could get some dirt from about Hillary Clinton and it didn't happen. Would that have been collusion? I have no idea. The other thing that seems pretty clear is that Robert Mueller thought that he might be able to tie Roger Stone to Julian Assange. And by the way, I mean, at this point in time, again, there was a time the media believed all sorts of things that WikiLeaks contended. And now, according to this uh, report with Mueller, there's like no question, Julian Assange is related to Russia. And that's okay. where a lot of this information came from. Uh, but there seems to be absolutely no proof 
that Roger Stone talked to Julian Assange. He might have boasted about it. He might have hinted that he had, but it just doesn't seem to have happened. But back to your main it's, point, any anybody yeah. who was astounded that there were no uh, you know, uh, collusion charges, conspiracy charges really ought to check themselves because they were running and kind of running away with their their own desires. Is that fair? That's right. And that's right. And John Brennan, the former CIA director, just a couple of weeks ago was on television saying that he expected uh, he expected the uh, Mueller report to come in sooner than it would. He expected indictments of, of the Jared Kushner and other members of the Trump family. And of course, he was completely wrong. Now, is he still going to be on TV saying this stuff? How credible is he? What ha- when, when somebody lies to you like that, do you keep going back to them for information and then repeating it on television? Yeah, I wonder. These are questions people have to deal with. Well, I got, I got a good example of that I'll bring up in a couple of minutes. But my final question for you would be, I'm not into this whole making people apologize thing. I don't think Rachel Maddow needs to go on her show and apologize or whatever. But do you think there's anybody in journalism? Have you heard anything behind the scenes where anybody's thinking, you know, maybe I ought to rethink the way I go about things? I mean, does anybody feel like they maybe did something wrong? How would you not? Well, you know, it's funny because with this gaggle with Kellyanne, there were certain people who were asking the same questions. Uh, what, how, you know, Trump called people a traitor, uh, treasonous. How, who was he talking about? And they're, they're, not, they're not saying, gee, we really got this wrong. They're just not doing it. And I think I don't think I need to name any names. We know who they are. Right. We, we've seen this before. Well, right. And so Matt Tybee are- actually yeah. makes that point. We really need to uh, take a look at how we do our jobs, but we won't. So, uh, Deborah J. Saunders does her job beautifully. White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Deborah, thank you very much. Great to talk to you. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. I want to mention a nugget from my snowboarding trip with my son. I also do have another example of when the media, Fox in particularly, was way, way wrong. And I know a couple of like Fox viewers who like were turned off permanently buy it. Mm, interesting. And I wonder if that's going to happen to some of your MSNBC, CNN viewers. Yes. Is is your... Okay, so your example doesn't uh, involve somebody with sleepy eyes? No. Because he has a lot to answer for, too. Mmm, sleeping son of a bee. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. When news breaks, the donkey brays. Jussie Smollett will not be prosecuted for allegedly faking a racial attack. All charges have been dropped. That was last month's story. What are you updating me on last month's story for? A source close to Jussie says the prosecution's case disintegrated. There was a problem with that check the two brothers received from Jussie. Police superintendent had said the money was payment for the fake attack. It appears it was actually for physical training. All right. He will escape justice. Here's what I learned. What is he, a Russian agent? I didn't Trying learn. Trying to tie it in. Here's what I learned. I didn't learn this. I relearned it because I knew it years ago. Snowboarding with my son. The hardest part of skiing and snowboarding is, and I don't know why this doesn't get more attention, and it's not more part of lessons or anything. I've never taken lessons, but 
It's getting off the damn lift. Oh, boy. That's the hardest part of the whole thing. Oh, boy. People talk about skiing and hills and how steep they are and this and blah. It's the getting off the lift is the hardest part. Mm. It's the scariest part for any kid that's ever done it in their lives. Yeah. And many adults, including me. The hardest part of snowboarding has always been getting off the lift. Mm. That's where I'm going to have my terrible crash. That's where my son had his two worst crashes yesterday, getting wow. off the lift. Wow. And I, understand, I just never understood why they haven't made that easier or spend more time on figuring that out. If you're a beginner, you never go down a hill as steep as the one they've got where you get off the lift. Right. It's the only time you encounter a hill that steep. And you go, you're moving and going from sitting to, to sliding, skiing or snowboarding, immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, I've just never understood why they didn't come up with a different way to do that. Tough and jump. <laughs> you gotta be tough. Yeah, I remember that. It's been a while since I've been skiing uh, for various reasons, but yeah. It's it's like that third time you finally think, okay, I can do this. But uh, my son, he went... I, I bought him a lesson for snowboarding, and he went off the lift once and fell and was scared and said he was never going to do it again. And I said, well, we got to do it again. We get, We can't spend all day... Just on this, well, you'll regret it, we'll regret it, you, you want to go down the big slope, blah, 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 one of the bigger slopes. I finally convinced him I'd let him have any ice cream treat he wanted on the oh. way home. We'll stop somewhere and you can get anything you want. <sighs> no limit. The little scene quadruple scoop. <laughs> if, you'll go on the, uh, if you'll go on the lift one more time so yeah. we can go down the mountain, which he did. And he fell and hit his head really hard and was very unhappy with it. And said he's never doing it again in his life. Mm, which but, I think makes me a bad parent, the great Santini or something. But anyway. But then you promised him the biggest cake ever made. <laughs> if you don't as, tell your if you don't tell your mother, as I'll give you the cake biggest cake. <laughs> five feet wide. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, we were talking about the uh, I was talking to the guy because I know that getting off the lift is the hardest part for me. The only part I'm scared of the entire day. I'll go down any any hill you want to on a snowboard. I don't I like hate getting being off the up lift. on the lift. Oh, I hate the whole lift experience. Plays it not L Y F T. It's a fine competitor to Uber, and I suggest you download the app. Just so, but I asked, ski lift. I asked his instructor. I said so. The lift. I'm concerned about that, and he said, "Well, we have a fisting lift." And I thought <clears> that doesn't pardon sound me? pleasant. <laughs> Ah, um. Is that supposed to be an advantage? We have a fisting lift where you can give them a fist when you and as a signal if you want them to slow it down. There's only one lift they do that for. Mm. So it's the fisting lift. That's a good name. And uh, and you give them the signal and they'll slow it down. It's still it's still not you know stopped. I'd like you to stop it. Let me look at it for a while. Walk around, check it from all angles, then sit down in the chair. But what the, if you just come off the chair and immediately sprawl? I mean, don't even attempt to stay on your feet. So just slide down on your high knee. The one we got off was so steep. Oh, boy. And I wish they'd let you do it with no board on. I'll hold my board, jump off, and run down the hill. Mm. <laughs> Can I do that? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Interesting. That's the, the, the fisting lift. I'd never heard of that before. Mm. I'll remember the name. I'll gonna, send you some links. I'm going mm. to call them. Google and, it. I'm going to call them and tell them they should come up with a different name. Yes, it's just it's just for advertising purposes. Excellent. I'm um, sorry. I, I do have this. Ah, yes. I do have this list of slang Americans hate to hear but love to say. The most annoying slang done by a, a poll. They give people choices of words. Is it annoying AF? <laughs> I like the term AF, and I will continue oh, boy. to use it. Here are your top ten <laughs> most annoying slang, and I don't agree with all these. SMH, which would be an in print slang. Sure. Uh, shake my head. Throw shade. That one's a little aged, but uh, 
Stussy. I don't know what that means. Anybody know what Stussy means? No clue. Fleek. No clue. Ghost. We know what that is. That one, yeah. You just aren't around anymore. You don't return calls, etc. Gucci. I don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> Stussy meaning a total jerk. Can okay. also mean someone uh, with no life. Uh, top three. Hangry. The most annoying slang. Hangry. I just think it's a very handy term. I don't really see it as slang so much. We yeah. finally discovered when you're angry and hungry, you get ang- when you're you're hungry. Right. You get angry. Yeah. And that's what I am. I'm not actually angry. I'm hungry. Right. You get so hungry, you're you're on edge. Number two most annoying slang, bay. That's incredibly annoying. If you ever use that term around me, I will just walk away from you. <laughs> I won't say see you later or make You'll a ghost noise. Them. I will just turn around and walk away. Yes. You'll always wonder why. Because yeah. you said the word bay. Ooh. And number not, one. Not as in an inlet from an ocean. <laughs> no. But indeed. No, I'm fine with the Chesapeake Bay. Right. I'm just not. <laughs> Good. Okay. But I mean, I just. I would hate to have to always say the you-know-what area I'm when referring okay with, to the land mass around San Francisco. I'm not okay with me and my bay watched Game of Thrones last Ooh, night. Oh, I just vomited. Yeah, I know. That's mm. hard to take. And and did we get to number one? No, or? we didn't. Let's get to find out what's coming up in Marshall's News. Well, we got the latest on Stormy Daniels' former lawyer promoter, Michael Avenatti, charged with trying to extort Nike for millions. So is he running for president or no? <laughs> Pentagon making a billion-dollar down payment on the border wall and America's pediatricians issuing new warnings about sugary drinks. Coming Good. up. yeah, uh, All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. this survey the number one most annoying slang term i actually don't find annoying at all it's a goat as in greatest of all time eh. does it get thrown around too much i don't a listen to, i don't ever listen to sports talk anymore so it seems like a, before the super bowl it was but seems like you know. a handy acronym <laughs> the goat has gone into hibernation jack really nobody's talking about it lately they say that the uh a quarter of people say nobody should use slang over the age of 25 <laughs> that seems a little early to have to cut your slang off um the queen's english and nothing but but uh the majority of people say that ever the until the at uh Age of 43 is when you should no longer use slang. Is there a caveat for if I have kids and I'm only doing it to embarrass them in front of their friends? Or just to, Oh, wait a minute. Or Ironic. Just, or yeah. to just talk to them, hang out with them. Well, I, I believe that once a man hits 40, he shouldn't even... He, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I believe that when a man hits 40, he should not even use contractions. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that was said. <laughs> Where oh. is my book? No wares teenage lingo. <laughs> News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, new today, Purdue Pharma is agreeing to pay $270 million to settle a lawsuit from the state of Oklahoma amid the opioid crisis. The state's attorney general said the company helped fuel the mess by marketing the Oxycontin painkiller, and Oklahoma's claiming the crisis cost its communities tens of millions of dollars for treatment and policing. Oh boy, I wonder how Purdue Pharma stock is looking right now, because yeah. I mean, if Oklahoma can get that much out of them, yep. what about a state with like five times as many people? Purdue Pharma, privately traded com- or privately owned company. Oh, okay. Alright, never mind. TMZ reporting that actor Jesse Smollett will not be prosecuted for allegedly faking a racial attack. All charges have been dropped. 
uh, apparently the case, the prosecution's case, has disintegrated. So all the charges against him will be dropped. At first, Millett's emergency hearing at court was thought to be because his attorney, Mark Garagos, is the alleged unnamed co-conspirator in the Nike extortion case Uh-oh. against Michael Avenatti. That's why everybody said, oh, they're all rushing to the court. Uh, I, that must be because of the case. Avenatti himself is vowing to fight charges of trying to shake down Nike for millions. I am highly confident that when all of the evidence is laid bare in connection with these cases, when it is all known, when due process occurs, that we that realize that this woman was gang raped by Judge Kavanaugh. Right. You could end that little screed there with like 15 different things. Is that Stormy Daniels was? I mean, he has given that same sort of little press conference yeah. over and over again and i think every same tone of voice same tone of voice and i think yeah. every single one of them has turned out to not be correct you have um, any luck finding what i was asking you for sean no pre-compiled montages okay of it. montages of cable news commentators and reporters taking avenatti seriously as a presidential prospect well, remember when he one of those people was uh steve bannon even he said uh, from that bill maher right. interview yeah, he right. said oh, oh it's gonna be somebody like an avenatti somebody who can fight or whatever oh, a celebrity yeah. And, right yeah but remember when he was involved in the judge kavanaugh thing he went with one of the crazy women i mean one of the obviously they got problems women right that didn't turn out to who knows what was going on there and made that same sort of shouty speech about and, how justice must prevail and rachel maddow and whoever had him on as a featured guest because he was going to bring down trump or kavanaugh or whoever with his crap so here's one interesting angle angle i don't know what angle is interesting angle to the avenatti thing he had possession of at some point the video that's supposed to put r kelly in prison of him abusing an underage girl sexually. Mm. And now there's some concern that since he's a liar, assumed to be a known liar and extortionist, there'll be an easy way to make the angle. Look, Avenatti had this video. This is the sort of thing he does. He makes stuff up, doctor stuff, extorts people. Mm. That could be a problem. Mm. How many times did you say Avenatti was on cable TV? I... uh, it was almost 200 times. 191, I think. Was, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. On CNN and MSNBC almost exclusively. He was on Tucker a few times, but just to be yelled at. <laughs> right. It was good work if you can get it. Whoops. NASA's calling off its historic first all-woman space flight because the International Space Station's not carrying enough spacesuits in the right size. That's hilarious. And two of the women turned on the third one, and there were tears. <laughs> and was so they wanted to send two women up. We only have two medium-sized suits, yeah. so... I'm not a large... The medium doesn't fit. I'm not a large. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm trafficking in stereotypes because I enjoy it. (laughs) The American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Heart Association's teamed up now to release recommendations to uh, lawmakers to put policies in place that would help reduce the amount of sugary beverages kids drink. They are saying so far the warnings they put out are being pretty much ignored. So now what they want to do is have lawmakers include a heightened tax on sugar-sweetened drinks, have federal and state governments support a reduction in marketing of sugary drinks. Another three cents on a can of Orange Crush is not what's going to keep me from getting it for my kid. It's me determining that that's not a good idea health-wise. Just going to say, I didn't drink uh, soda pop as a kid. You want to know why? Because my mom and dad said it's not good for you. 
so we didn't have it in the house. There you go. We didn't need the federal government to tell us what to pour down our throats. And a couple cents here or there, which will add up to a ton of money for the government to spend on something, is not going to change anybody's behavior. And lastly, they want to require added sugars be included on nutrition labels, menus, and I'm loving that. I'm loving things that now have added sugars, because I want to differentiate between, if it says 45 grams of sugar, is that because there's apples and peaches in this, or did you put in a bunch of extra sugar? And sometimes the added sugar is minimal, and I think there's a difference. Some people don't, but... There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So you took, oftentimes you pick up something and you'll, yeah. they took something that was already sweet because of the fruit in it right. and dumped in a couple of more spoonfuls of sugar on top of it. Right. They thought it was necessary. You remember those figures I gave you that uh, in the 1700s people averaged like five pounds of sugar a year or something like that. And now it's 275. Yeah. Our tastes have grown. Well, have changed so much. We've grown also. Yeah, right. no kidding. No kidding. I'll, I'll dig up those stats for you if I can. Um but yeah, we're we're just we're so addicted to sugar. It's like anything else. If you stop salting your food completely for like a week and then start again, you'll realize you need much less salt than you used to put on things. Sugar's the same way. Yeah. 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 Although yeah, we yeah. don't need the federal government telling us how to eat. So I do have that example of um I know a couple of people that feel like they were misled by Fox News and really got turned off for a long time. And I wonder if this is going to happen with the MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post crowd. And to make everybody happy, I've got a kicking for Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd. <laughs> a kicking. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Couple of quick texts. Broke my leg getting off the lift. Snowboarding. Yep, the lift is the most dangerous part and the least discussed. I don't Ouch. understand why. I'd like to talk to the people who design these things. Why is it so steep? If God wanted us to ski, to giving us big flat feet, Jack. That's what I say. Hard to argue with. Um, mm. uh, also got this text. I can't wait to see Trump's first. Impromptu press conference where he la- really lays into the press. Oh, oh boy. Could be historic. Yeah, it could be something. Yeah, yeah. And you! You right there! Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> That'll be something. Yeah. So here's what I'm wondering is going to happen. I don't know how people who are Trump haters who were hoping that this was all true are going to react to this. But I do know who uh, a number of people, including my own brother, reacted to the 2012 election? Was it the 2012 election? I think it was the 2012 election. In which a number of people on Fox News, and particularly Karl Rove, for months 
months and months, day after day after day, hammered the hole. Now, here's where they've got it wrong. This is where Romney's going to win. My poll, their, their polling is weighted. They've got too many Democrats, and when they and they just and so many people. Handy was talking about it, and so many people like my brother and some friends of his were convinced that oh yeah, wait, people are going to be so surprised when it happens. And then no, it was exactly what the polls showed. Mm-hmm. Obama was way ahead, and he won by the amount that everything showed. And then he said, that's it. I'm never, ever listening to that blankety-blank ever again in my life. Carl Rove in yeah, particular. Carl yeah. Rove and that crowd. Yeah. yeah. For just jerking me along like this with their made-up crap. And I just wonder if there's going to be a certain segment that feels that way about Rachel Maddow and uh, and Brian Williams and CNN shows and whatever else. They're spinning as fast as they can today. Immediately, I mean, like... As if it was never a topic. The point is not Russia. The point is, and they're making that transition as fast and as hard as they can, so there's no, excuse me, can we talk about our relationship for the last two years? Even even that is flawed. The point is Russia. Russia is meddling with elections. The point was never collusion. Yeah. Right. I right. wish I wish we could <laughs> then and could still now spend more talking time talking about this enemy we have to the United States that is Russia and what they're planning to do. But I liked, uh, the, I don't know if you read any from this guy. Do you know this guy, Jason Beal? It's a pseudonym. It's not even his real name. Really? Anyway. What's he, he got to hide? He's with the Federalist. Or does he? Is he? What? His whole thing was really interesting. But um, he had one point and, he and said. Don't worry, I'll be kicking Chuck Todd before the end of the segment. Uh, one paragraph from his article was, their message, it was never really that important to prove the leader of our country was a comprised asset of the Kremlin. That was just something we wanted to talk about while we waited for the serious charges to be brought, like inflating his assets for insurance purposes. (laughs) (laughs) That's some good dry sarcasm. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So Matt Taibbi, with his savage takedown of the American media and the death blow he believes the whole Russiagate fiasco is delivered to them, um, he says another painful practice that became common was failing to confront your own sources when news dispositive to what they've told you pops up, M- meaning when it turns out they fed you a whole load of crap with a straight face. The omnipresent uh, James Clapper told Chuck Todd on March 5, 2017, without equivocation, that there had been no FISA application involving Trump or his campaign. I can deny it, he said. It soon came out after that this was not true. The FBI had a FISA warrant on Carter Page. This was not a small misstatement by Clapper because his appearance came a day after after Trump claimed in a tweet that he'd had his wires tapped. Trump was widely ridiculed for this claim, but in addition to the Page news, it later came out that there had been a FISA warrant of Paul Manafort as well, during which time Trump may have been the subject of incidental surveillance. I think it's practically guaranteed. Heck yeah. Talk if to his Paul Manafort's manager. phone is tapped, then yeah. Trump was on it. And Manafort's office was in Trump Tower. So by any definition, Trump had had his wires tapped by the modern definition. Anyway, whether this was uh, or not this was meaningful or whether these warrants were justified are separate questions. The important thing is Clapper either lied to Chuck Todd or else he somehow didn't know the FBI had obtained these warrants. The latter seems absurd and unlikely. 
as Clapper was the head of, of the uh, interagency intelligence thing, um, director of national intelligence. Either way, Todd ought to have been peeved and demanded an explanation. Instead, he had Clapper back on again within months and gave him the usual softball routine, never confronting him about the issue. Which is the old, listen, you're with me in the resistance, so I guess you just made a mistake yeah, or whatever. That just... is a very good point he made, because even when a lot of these stories turned out to not to be true, even before this weekend, I mean, some of these blew up, you know, at in real time. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. Who... Some of these stories blew up in real time, like when Mueller had to come out and say, look, this story everybody's talking about is just not true. <clears throat> the people that were reporting it... they they didn't go back to their source and say, whoa, whoa, what's the deal here? They continued to have those people on, yeah, which is crazy. Back to this guy, whoever he is, he writes under the name Jason Beal for the Federalist. There's another paragraph. I'd use Jason Bourne. Here's another paragraph I really liked from his article. CNN threw together a panel of its Russia collusion all-stars, all of whom, like Maddow, played principal roles in bringing the Russia collusion slam dunk into our living rooms, and this is the phrase I like, embedding the notion of a treasonous president into the national psyche that is what they did Mm -hmm. they embedded into our psyche this idea and everything just kind of consciously and subconsciously for the last couple of years has been with that the whole country kind of feeling like oh yeah he probably did it but i still back him or he did it and he's not but we everybody just agreed that that probably happened and it was just they, they went with a whole bunch of anonymous sources these are sick people Alyssa Milano, a vocal critic of Trump, speaking of people who have had that notion injected into her soul. Child star turned grown-up activist Alyssa Milano? Yes. What show was she in? Three's Company? or uh, Who's the boss? Who's yep. the boss? Nobody cares. <laughs> I was off by 30 years. Uh, Alyssa Milano, a vocal critic of Trump, questioned why Mueller's report has not yet been released in full. Tweeting that if the report fully exonerated Trump or his family, he'd have it out in seconds, wouldn't he? No, dear. Do you even read, like, any news that's not 100% squaring with you? There's classified stuff in there. There's grand jury testimony in there. I'm not even going to finish because everybody's heard this so many times. They're like, Joe, we know. Right. But Alyssa Milano doesn't, even though she has millions of followers on Twitter, Jack. Millions. How many millions? Somebody look that up while I say this. Her, why am I even arguing with Alyssa Milano? But her premise, which I've heard some other people have, has a um, a, a conundrum in it, or a, a, more than three and a half million followers. Oh my God! Yes, but her premise, which a number of people have, have have posited over the last several days, has a flaw in it. So you have to believe Mueller's going along with this cover up, don't you? I mean, because you think Barr would hold it back. It's got damning evidence that the president is a Russian spy. And Mueller's just going to say, dang it, I wanted to get that out there. But he won't let it out there, but I'm just going to go back home. You'd have to believe he would do that. Or he's in on it. And if he's in on it, then he's not written a report that's going to help your side either. I mean, those two things don't fit together. The poor little thing hardly has half a dozen brain cells to rub up against each other. Jack, you're confusing her with your fancy talk. I'm supposed to believe Mueller's just so, I don't know, easily cowed that he wouldn't come out and say, whoa, 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 I just wrote a report that says the president's a spy and they won't release it. He wouldn't do that. Just going back home. (laughs) Darn it. Foiled again. Put on his slippers, light a pipe, pet his Afghan hound and do whatever Robert Mueller does. (laughs) Uh, I I actually uh, have uh, a friend. Three and a half million followers for Alyssa Milano. Yeah. 
I'm telling you, I, I became aware of these Instagram influencers and how they have millions of followers because they have big boobies. Or Alyssa Milano, at least she offers up, you know, some political thought. I find her political thought inane, overly emotional and adolescent, frankly. But at least, like, she traffics in ideas. But three and a half million people hang on her every word. I just... You know, I don't know if you can assume they hang on their every word, but I certainly wouldn't. Yeah, but uh, well, they, no, you wouldn't. They follow. No, I yeah. wouldn't assume that they hang on the every word. Well, all, all right, yeah. what the f, dudes? I'm just making a point. <laughs> well, you, you have a lot of followers that are like, eh, kind of interested in what they have to say, but uh, I would follow plug. her out of curiosity. Come to think of it. To see what she's squawking I might follow her about. now, actually. That, that you told me what she uh, says. I might follow her home. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. That's great. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Does she post pictures in a bikini or anything? Or no. is it all her political commentary? No, she, uh, well, I don't know. I don't follow her, but... Um, Maybe I don't you'll th- start. Oh, well, I, I, mean... I think her Twitter feed is mostly political, Um, because she has a website for her career stuff. It's interesting I know how... this because I thought... Why is she in this news story? And I clicked, and there she is on Twitter, and I saw 3.55 million. And I thought... Wow, this is an odd world. It's interesting now how everybody's got a platform, right? So what like when I was younger, any TV star, movie star, musician, guitar player, anybody I liked, sports hero, I didn't have any idea what they thought about anything. Mm-mm. There might be an interview in Rolling Stone magazine where they said something, but really I had no idea. And the other day somehow I was in the Twitter rabbit hole and I came across David Crosby's Twitter feed from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Mm. And he's got... I'm guessing he's an arch-conservative. He tweets all day long about every damn news story that exists. Wow. Some of it's interesting. Some of it is fallen for just, like, crap. But yeah. but here it is, just a musician. You can know everything they think about every news story all day long. And he's your favorite singer or she's your favorite actor or she looks good in a bikini. And you follow their opinions all day long, I guess. It's so unhealthy, everybody defining themselves by their politics lately. It's just, it's not good life balance, I don't think. I wouldn't think so. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.